Thanks for tuning in to NL News Day. It is Monday here, the first day of the work week. So as always, pleased to welcome to the program, Acumen Laws, Kyla Lee. Kyla, how are you here today? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Well, thanks as always for taking the time. Now, last week, you and I, we talked about churches burning and the concerns that go along with that. So let's kind of keep the theme about fires going on here this week and talk about forests burning just a little bit because there have been many people alleging it was a, a train that caused the fire in Lytton, which of course destroyed the community there. Uh, there were two wildfires near the community, but all indications are that there was a third fire that started directly in the town that, uh, you know, may have done a, a pretty good chunk of the damage here. So none of this, of course, has been proven to this point, but based on all the witness reports that I have heard and seen, I'm having a hard time believing any other theory at this point in time. So that said, what could happen if a rail company were found to have been responsible? What penalties could they face? You know, do they have to help rebuild the town? What responsibility do they have here um, if their actions were what, what caused such devastation? So, Kyla, um, obviously a lot to go in there. I won't ask you how challenging this could be to prove. But if, let's say, for example, CP Rail was, was running trains through the community when there was a fire danger risk that was extreme, there were active fires burning close by, running steel on steel with temperatures near 50 degrees, it just doesn't seem responsible to even have rail track moving at such a time like that. But that said, there was no order to stop rail traffic or, or cease train, mo train movement um, out of an abundance of caution, as you know, some probably were really hoping to see, but that never happened. So would the rail company have to answer for this at all, given that they were still being permitted to continue to run traffic through the community? My opinion is that, yes, the rail company might have to answer for this if it's ultimately determined that the fire was caused by a train. Um, if there's evidence that the rail company was negligent in determining that it was safe to operate the trains or in failing to make a determination at all about whether it was safe to operate the trains, then they could face civil liability for the damage done. Um, likely what it would end up being is not, you know, a big lawsuit in court between the individual homeowners and property owners in Lytton and the town of Lytton um, and the train company, but rather insurers versus insurers. So it's the type of litigation that would take a very long time and be incredibly dry. Um, but it is possible for there to be a case of negligence made out against uh, any rail company that operated a train knowing that there was a risk given the temperatures uh, that a fire could be started. So couldn't they just simply defer to the authorities that would have the power to say, okay, we need to stop rail because of, you know, the extreme heat that we're dealing with. There's a fire risk in the area. We know that steel uh, running on uh, on the steel tracks, there's always that possibility for sparks that, of course, could start things. Couldn't they say, well, you know, we were just doing our jobs and, you know, we weren't told to stop. I mean, would they could could they just basically pass the buck on to, uh, you know, government officials or, or emergency uh, officials who, who would have that call to make? I don't know that it's enough to say that, you know, the government has a responsibility every time there's a fire risk to tell the rail companies not to operate. Um, you know, if you start saying that you have a defense to negligence because you weren't told not to do something, that opens up a real can of worms for all other circumstances of negligence. Uh, for example, if you don't stop in time uh, to avoid hitting a vehicle in front of you and then say, well, the government didn't put a stop sign there, so I wasn't told by the government I had to stop, so I can't be liable for causing an accident. I mean, we all recognize the absurdity of that statement. You still have an obligation to the people around you, to the other road users, or in this case, the you know the the 
rail company has an obligation to the properties and businesses adjacent the rail tracks to ensure that everything is being operated in safety. And it's not enough to just blind yourself to safety concerns and say, well, it's the responsibility of government to tell us not to operate until the government tells us we're not going to do it and we're just going to assume that everything's safe. That's absolutely a ridiculous position to take. And when we're talking about these giant companies like this, though, I mean, they have deep pockets, they have expensive lawyers. Anytime, you know, I've, I've been involved in a, or, or covered a couple of different uh, law, lawsuits involving a rail company or court cases, I should say, not necessarily lawsuits, but they, they take forever. They drag on, they go on for years and years and years and years. I mean, that's probably pretty typical of, of, of dealing with any type of major corporation, you know, if, if indeed, you know, what was, uh, you know, Canadian Pacific or Canadian National, um, the, these kinds of things would drag on forever and probably likely wouldn't result in, in, a, in an outcome that uh, property owners and homeowners and, and those who are, you know, really disappointed to have lost the community of Lytton, they're, they're never going to be happy with any kind of an outcome. Nobody's going to be happy with any kind of an outcome here. Um, and you're right that these are the types of lawsuits that take years and years and years to resolve, especially because most people in Lytton likely had home insurance uh, to cover for situations like this. Most of the businesses likely had business insurance to cover for situations like this. The city undoubtedly had insurance for city properties um, that would cover for situations like this. So you're not even going to get a situation where the homeowners are going to feel much vindication mm -hmm. for losing everything that they had. Their insurance companies are going to pay them out. They're going to settle with the insurance companies for whatever the insurance insurer feels is the value of what they've lost. And then the insurance company is going to go and try and recoup that from a rail company if it can be established that the rail company was the cause of the fire. And so for the people who are the most affected by this, they're not even going to be involved yeah. in the litigation. Their perspectives aren't going to be heard by the court. It, it serves them no purpose. Yeah. So basically it'll be like, oh, I'm glad that they were held accountable for their actions. But at the end of the day, it really doesn't make any difference in the people who are most affected here. Uh, it's just going to help the insurance company, I suppose, in the long run based on that, that response. Exactly. All right. Interesting. Um, I, I think that's about all on that. Like I said off the top, it is still, you know, speculation at this point in time. I know there are investigations ongoing to find out exactly what happened. If there was CP trains in the area, we've already got statements from CN saying they weren't in the area at all. Um, so I'm interested to see where this goes. But yeah, I think it's going to be a long time before we get answers in that regard. Uh, sticking with the theme of fires here, Kyla, I, I think this is you know more of an important public service announcement more than anything else here. But but cigarette smokers, uh, the message is is very much out there to dispose of your butts properly. I guess this would go for marijuana smokers here as well. Now that that's legal, we can kind of uh, lump them into this. But particularly, I mean, I hope you're not uh, smoking weed while you're driving down the highway. But if you're smoking cigarettes while you're driving down the highway, I think most know what to do. Um, you know, but for those who ignore the warnings they flick their butts out the window without properly putting them out what do they have to deal with even if you don't like start a fire right say just the cop is behind you they notice you flick your butt out the window um improperly disposing of your cigarette what what fines and penalties does that possibly bring about when we're in this you know massive fire risk it's not just a littering ticket right there's more to this 
There is more to this. There are specific tickets related to the improper disposal of cigarette butts or or marijuana butts. Um, And so you can face fines, extremely high fines. They started, I believe, $575 and go all the way up to $2,000 for uh, just for throwing a cigarette butt out your window. Um, If you get seen to do this, you likely won't just face a fine. You'll also likely face some public humiliation because in previous years where we've had wildfire risks. We've seen uh, a large media campaign shaming individuals who've done this. They aren't named, but the story has been shamed. Photos of their tickets have been shared on social media. People will be able to figure out that it's you if they know you because they know where you were and uh, roughly what time and that you're a smoker. And so you just don't want to do it because it will follow you. Yeah, and I think the main thing to keep in mind too as well, I mean, you probably won't be, you know, 99 999 times out of a thousand i'll say you probably aren't going to be starting a fire from this but that risk is very much there it's very imminent and if you were to found to have been the cause of a fire flaring up and it costs you know hundreds of thousands to maybe millions of dollars to actually fight that blaze and maybe it does damage you could potentially be on the hook right for the cost of fighting that fire you could be found civilly liable for uh, causing a fire by throwing a uh, cigarette butt out the window of your car. And it's arguable as well that if there were a death or an injury caused by the uh, caused by the fire, you could also face a criminal negligence charge um, for uh, doing that and, and potentially, if convicted, face a period of, of imprisonment. So it's not worth doing it, even on the off chance that you might start a fire. The risk is low, but it's not low enough that it's worth uh, just not Mm -hmm. saving that cigarette butt in your car to dispose of safely later. Absolutely. Yeah, like I said, I think most are are aware, but sometimes it just takes hearing the the potential fines, the potential penalties, uh, listening to them again, getting that wrapped in your brain to just make sure you are being uh, extra, extra careful at this point in time because... We don't want to, we're dealing with enough right now starting naturally as a result of lightning strikes. We don't need to be dealing with more man-made ones that, uh, of course, seem to always provide a bit of an extra hurdle to jump over in these types of situations around this time of year. So thank you for that. Uh, I think it's an important update and just another thing for everybody to keep in mind. And maybe if, uh, if you know a smoker, just remind them as well to make sure they're, they're doing their part to keep the fires um, as, as, as few as possible at this point in time. All right, Kyla, I think that's all for today. So, as always, appreciate your time. Thank you so much for joining me on Mondays, as you always do. Have a great rest of your day, and we'll catch up soon. Okay. All right, there you go. Acumen Laws, Kyla Lee, joining me, as she always does, after the the news at uh, 530.